What is wisdom? What does that word even mean? How can we implement wisdom in our everyday lives? Psychiatrist and executive coach Dr. Sunil invites you to join him on a transformational and sacred quest to experience meaning, purpose, and fun in both your life and work. These podcasts will not only empower you to wisely navigate through a confusing world, but to grow in body, mind, and spirit, which will ultimately have us dancing with wisdom. Hello, and welcome again to the Dancing with Wisdom podcast, where we try and make sense of life in a cynical, confusing, and challenging world. Well, we're continuing our conversations with John Wyatt. John, great to have you again. Yeah, thanks, Sonel. Good to be here. Yeah. And John, we've had some amazing conversations about friendships, and it's been fascinating just, as it were, navigating the complexity of friendships, about how important friendships are. The friendship with John Stott that's really inspired you in your life and left such a, a great glow and a great inspiration um, and moulded your life in wonderful ways, as well as the dangers of, of friendship in, a, in, in our cynical world. And also in thinking about how do we navigate through that and how can we be wary and, and be wise in our friendships. So if you haven't listened to those, I'd really encourage you to, to do so. This is our bonus episode, which we've actually just created on the hoof. But I think it's a really important subject. It's about growing old gracefully or learning to grow old gracefully. Now, it may, not, it may surprise you to know, as you watch this, if you're watching this video, that John and I are not that young I mean, I, I mean, I, 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 you're shocked, aren't you? I mean, I mean. Uh, well, I'm afraid the evidence is all there, you know. <laughs> so John is 16. He's given me permission to say this. John is 69 years young and I'm, for full disclosure, I'm 56 years young. But on reflection, actually, everybody's growing older. <laughs> no, matter, no matter what your age is, you're still growing older. Well, you know, we're both medics. And one of the, one of the descriptions of life is it's a sexually transmitted terminal condition with 100% mortality. I mean, you know, this is, this is basically the medical approach to life. That's medical. But <laughs> we laugh and joke about it. The truth is that our society and culture is terrified of getting older. Everything in our, in our society celebrates and idolizes youth, doesn't it? Um, it does, absolutely. And, and, you know, so many people are trying to look younger than they actually are. They're trying to dress younger than they And people even our are. age are trying to look younger, aren't <laughs> absolutely. they? Absolutely. And, yeah. having, you know, if necessary, you can have the plastic surgery and can have those creases taken out of your, your face. You can yeah. have your tummy tuck. You could even, you know, I, you could... I could even get black hair. I mean, John, you, should, yeah, you, you could get some nice black hair. Yeah. You know. Well, and you know, the interesting thing is that from a strictly medical point of view and biological point of view, yeah. there, there's, there's evidence to suggest that, and, you know, I sometimes say, you know, that what science tells us is that you start from nothing and you're just yeah. this tiny little egg and then it divides and it grows and then you're born and you're learning and you're growing and you're, more things are happening and you're, your brain's expanding, new things new skills, new yeah. everything, and then you hit 25. 25, 25. <laughs> and from 25 <laughs> onwards, you're on the long, slow hill down. And, and to begin with, yes. the damage is just happening at a cellular level and yes. you can't see anything. But bit yeah. by bit, you're losing yeah. brain cells, the DNA is deteriorating. And then eventually you get to our age when the damage is pretty obvious. Your skin it's is all over. going flabby, you're losing muscle bulk. 
your metabolic rate's declining, the DNA yes. damage is there in your genome, and eventually the damage gets worse and worse, and then you die. You die. So we can joke and laugh about it, but the reality is that in our culture and age, there are lots of people who are terrified of dying in the way you described, you know, with, with their body creaking, with a terrible illness, and that's a, that is a real risk. You can't deny that. Nobody knows what's around the corner in the future. And it's got to such a state in our culture and society and age that people talk about euthanasia, that I don't want to carry on. I don't want to get dementia. I don't want to get some chronic debilitating, debilitating disease. If I had the choice, I just want to end my life. I just want to finish it. That's absolutely right. And, and you know, there are a number of countries now that have legalised various forms of either euthanasia or assisted suicide for people who are either coming to the end of their life because mm. they've got a terminal illness. In the Netherlands, it's called hopeless and unbearable suffering. And, and if you have hopeless and unbearable suffering... As you, you define it. As however it's defined, yes. uh, then you can qualify to be killed by a doctor and to have a lethal injection. And there's such a big push on that. I mean, if you only have to look in the media and stories, suddenly it's this desire that it's my life and I, do, and I choose what I do with it and, and I can control what I do with it. Yeah, so I think, I think there are probably, you can see these two separate things both driving towards it. And one of it is control mm. and choice. It's my life. Why shouldn't I, if I want to kill myself, if I decide my life is not worth living, if or if I just decide I'm tired of it, you know, mm. I've, 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 I've had enough, yes. then surely it should be my right to choose how and when I die. Uh, but then the other thing, of course, is fear. So much of this is driven by fear, by people who terrified, not so much of death, but mm. I think they're terrified about the process of dying and, and, and about suffering. They, yes. They're seen as something entirely negative, as futile, as destructive. Yes. Yes. So let's, why not? Let's just get rid of it yes. at a stroke. Let's, yes. let's get rid of yes. the suffering. And get rid, get rid of the suffering and pain is another big issue, isn't it, that people are terrified of? Yeah, yeah it is. You know, and I, I sometimes think that one of the features of the modern age is, is anesthesia, just to obliterate pain, mm. becomes the ideal. Yes. So it's, it's almost like I'm less interested in having wonderful, pleasurable experiences. Mm. I just want anesthesia. Yes. I just want to be put out of my oh, misery. Yes. And... Uh, that people do go for anesthesia in all kinds of ways, don't they? Through alcohol and drugs, yes. through amusement, yes. through yes. Netflix, through social media, whatever it is. Yes. I just want to stop thinking. I, yes. want, I want. I want to. We well, said amusement means pain. without not thinking. Yeah, li the literal meaning of a muse is to stop thinking, okay. and, and and we live in a, in a culture which sees this kind of escapism. Yes, because. I suppose the world is, is seen, and you can understand it, can't you? I mean, you think about what's going on at the moment yeah, with some terrible, terrible stuff, stuff mm. around the world, with suffering in Afghanistan mm. and Syria, with wildfires and yeah. and the political unrest, and then there's the pandemic and people It's just dying. so much negativity. Yeah. And, and so, well, let's just anaesthetize ourselves. Let's just try to stop the suffering, find yes. some way yes. of, of stopping the pain. Yes. So... As we think about this, and, and we've, we've, you, you and I have had some very interesting conversations on previous podcasts, and if, if you're particularly interested in the area about what it means to 
look at the end of life, look at death in a positive way. Uh, I encourage you to look at uh, podcast 17, 49 and 50. 17 is called The Last Taboo Subject, which is about the whole debate around assisted dying and the dangers of that, really. And 4950, you've written a book called Dying Well. And really, we've called it The Strange Adventure That We Must All Take. That's what those two podcasts are about. Because really, to die well means to live well. And, you know, again, bring bring us back to, to the beginning of our conversation. We are growing older. And, you know, we've joked and laughed about it. But I think, you know, with our faith in Christ, with our view of the world, I think we have the resources to look to the future not with anxiety and terror, literally, because there are literally, I think, more and more people who look at the future as they get older with, yeah, with terror, Mm. thinking it just looks horrible and black. Mm. And I think part of the reason for that is, again, the secular culture that we live in that makes certain assumptions about life. And again, I think the whole assisted dying debate assumes certain things about life. It assumes that there is no God. It assumes that this is my life and I choose what I do with it and I choose when I end it because it's my, it's mine and nobody can tell me what to do. And I think most scary of all, most sad of all, I think, is that when I die, I just stop existing. That's it. Finito. The end. Somehow or other, I've created myself and I can stop myself. Mm. Mm. And there is no, as it were, infinite intelligence there is no higher power there is no god to whom i must give account that's right and and you would think therefore wouldn't you that that religious believers and particularly christians who believe in the prospect of life beyond the grave and eternal life and so on you would think that christians would therefore be people who are not fearful of death and 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 also would be very happy to to die when they're time comes. But actually, and paradoxically, there's a lot of evidence to show that when they're faced with a a terminal illness, in fact, religious people are often more likely to insist Mm. on having aggressive uh, intervention and treatments and more likely to insist on having treatment, even when it's known that death is inevitable. And there have been some quite interesting research studies into this. And so, I suppose my conclusion is that although there are a lot of people who pay lip service to the idea that there's life goes on beyond the grave and that actually death can be um, a way into a new a new reality, mm. in reality, most of us cling desperately yes. onto the present, and we we want to have whatever treatment is available. Yes even if it's only give us a few more extra weeks because we just want to cling on. Yes, and that raises some really important questions. And again, this is not an academic exercise. You know, you and I are going to die, okay? Mm. One day, you know, it's around the corner. It's closer for us than it is for... Closer for uh, me than it is for you, Closer for you than it is for me, (laughs) that's true. But, you know, I think as we look at that, so so what I'm trying to say is it's not an academic exercise. It's not some theoretical thing because as far as the last thing, last time I checked, it's 100%. 100% of people will die, okay? You can delay it. You can get, you know, you can get the plastic surgery. You can get the, all the health trust stuff. And yeah, and by all means do that. Do everything. You know, I exercise. I try and eat healthily. You know, I try to avoid bad habits that will, you know, that might shorten my life. I, and I'm not knocking those things. Do Do what you can. But, you and I, through our faith in Christ, are not putting all our investments 
in this life. No, that's true. And, you know, it's interesting. We've, we've been reflecting together on, on what are some of the risks as you get older. What are, what are some of the besetting sins of older people? Mm. And I do think it's certainly possible as you get older to have a kind of nostalgic look back to the past. Yes. It's almost it's like... Good old days the good when old I was days. a lad. Yeah, the rose-tinted <laughs> spectacles. Yes. And, you know, sometimes it's, it's this fear that what was good about the past is going to get lost. You know, mm. I spent most of my life working as a paediatrician in, yeah. uh, in a baby intensive, intensive yeah. care unit for babies in mm. central London on Huntley Street. Mm. And uh, I spent years of my life in that little area in that intensive care unit, many sleepless nights. Right. It was a time, you know, I still have memories of that time. There were yes. wonderful things. There were terrible things. There were babies who were born. There were so many babies who where wonderful things happened. There were babies who died. There were tragedies. There sure. were and 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 meaning uh, meaningful conversations with parents and so on. And it was almost like it was holy ground, you know, this place yes. where I just invested so much time. Yeah. And I was walking down Hurley Street not long ago, and the old hospital has been completely demolished. There's a brand new office block. And there's absolutely nothing as you walk down the street oh. to even to tell you <laughs> okay, just, that the baby yeah. unit was there. It's nothing gone. at all. And yeah. I found myself walking down the street and thinking, what happened to it? All, yes. that, all that memory. All that love, all those experiences, yeah. all those triumphs yes. and tragedies. Where are they gone? Where are they gone? I mean, yeah. and, and I think that is something which as we get older, we find ourselves reflecting about the past. And, and, yeah. and so I think there is a worry that some of the best things have gone. Yes. Uh, that's quite and, understandable. And will never come back. Yes, that's fascinating, yeah. And so there's that issue about losing, losing that and so the, the danger of nostalgia and living in the past. You have that proverb that you love, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 18. Yes, that's right. You know, I was just before talking about this this medical idea that life comes to a peak, it grows and grows and grows, and then it's this long, slow decline. Yeah. And there's this wonderful verse in Proverbs chapter 4 that, that says something completely different, and it says that the path of the righteous is mm. like the first gleam of dawn, mm. which grows into yes. the everlasting day. Mm. Uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful image yes. of instead of this long, slow decline to nothingness, instead there is, we're seeing that first gleam of dawn, that, mm. that first blush on the horizon, and we know that the day is coming, coming, that second by second, minute mm. by minute, inexorably, yes. the full light of day is coming. And, and yes. so a beautiful image of, of expectation, of hope, and of, and of looking towards the future rather than constantly you're harping back, back to the past. the past yes and i think what's beautiful about that proverb as well is that we well, yeah, as you said you know no matter how dark it is that that light is coming and again one of the wonders of doing podcasts and videos is you never quite know who's watching and, that, and i really want to say that anybody who's really struggling with that darkness maybe it's an illness maybe it's something that's really weighing you down pressing you down and you think life's not worth living and unfortunately, our culture and society seems to be pushing more and more to say, well, if you think life's not worth living, well, why don't you just end it? And I think what our biblical faith would say is that, no, your life is precious. And you do not know what is around the corner. You don't know how God is able to redeem and turn around the suffering and pain that you're going through. 
Yeah. Absolutely right. So, so I think, so one of the worries, I think, as you get older is that the good is being lost. Yes. I think a second worry for many people as you get older is um, inevitably as you get older, you accumulate failures yes. and bad things and, and evil things that, that yes. I have done. And that weigh you down. And they weigh you down. They there are these down. memories that come back and they haunt you. Mm. And there's a feeling of evil that that is there in the past and which can't be overcome. And, yes. and I think... Part of we talked about this desire for anesthesia, and yeah, you know, sometimes there are broken relationships, there are failures. Yeah, we just want to shut it all off. We just want to shut, it, shut it all to away. People and where they haunt us. Yes. There, are, there are failures um, of things we've done wrong, and and the easiest thing is to fall into a kind of despair. Mm. And and so, I think this concept, a wonderful concept, which which Christianity has of redemption, that. Whatever it is, however evil, however twisted, however mm. broken, this in by God's power, these things can, in some sense, be redeemed. They yes. can be brought back into yes. blessing and healing. They can be converted yes. in some way. And that, that is such a profound yes. Christian idea to, to hang on to as you get older. And contrast that with our secular worldview that says, I'm my own master. This is my life. I want to be in control. I want to choose what I do because I think the assumption is I can switch my life off like a, like a light bulb, switch it off, and then I will just stop existing. Absolutely. But, you know, I think a lot of older people, uh, even though they've lived their life like that, they're haunted by their failures when they're yes. honest, when they're alone. Yes. Or they try to anesthetise it. They switch try it off. to anesthetise it, but it's there. It's it's constantly reminding me, yes. you know, that, that I... I was. I thought I was going to be this amazing person. I thought I was going to have this amazing life. Yes. And you know, one of the commonest yeah. forms of, of, of as people uh, face death is mm. a, is a sense of spiritual pain or existential pain. Yes. It's, a, it's a feeling of was that it? Yeah. Is this what my life was all about? Yes. I'm facing death, and I'm looking back, and I'm saying, is that it? Is that it? Yeah. Is, is my That's life a terrifying is, is it? pain. It is. A, it is. It's a terrifying and, pain. Yeah. And it's one of the things which actually surprise, surprise, morphine and and painkillers doesn't actually treat yes. that kind of pain. It's very good for physical pain, but when it comes to this deep existential angst yes. and meaninglessness. Many people, as they face death, unfortunately, that is a, a deep yeah. sense of suffering. And I think that's one of the tragedies about this sort of assisted dying debate is that the people who are, who are proposing it are talking about the terrible pain people are going through and how people are dying in, in agony. And yet there's palliative care that's available, you said the morphine that's available, that can really take away the physical pain. But that's a very one-sided view of pain. As you said, there's relational pain, there's existential pain, there's psychological pain. Um, well, and actually, and the very best palliative care, of course, recognises this yes. and says, yes, we'll treat the physical pain, but we also want to treat the psychological pain, the fears, the anxieties, the sense of depression or despair. We want to treat the relational pain, where there are broken relationships. We want to try and recon bring reconciliation, yes. where there is broken to, to, to try and restore relationships. And we want to treat this spiritual and existential pain by getting people to think and talk yeah. about the meaning and the purpose in their lives. So it's not hopeless. It's not uh, hope, yes. And, and, and really what, interestingly, one of the slogans for palliative care, which uh, comes mm. from the 
Cicely Saunders was not only will we help you to die well, mm. but we will help you to live before you die. Yes. So that idea of the even the last weeks, days, hours of life can be lives to be can be hours to be lived. We can yes. live fully yes. in those precious Yes. last few days of life. Yes, because I think one of the things that's so disingenuous about the whole assisted dying debate is that somehow or other, you know, that actually it's it's not just, it's, it's about living well. Yeah. They, they, they seem to be ignoring that conversation. Yeah. Is that life is precious. And what we're saying with, with assisted dying is that somehow or other, some people's lives are so miserable and so hopeless and so pointless that they'd be better off dead. Mm. We're using nicer language but that's actually what we're saying we're saying we're, we're better if we killed you but you know again i say sadly the same thing can happen with christian people yes you know, because, yeah. because I, the I'm, culture is so deeply rooted yes. within us yes and, and sometimes they spiritualize it i've met elderly people who say i i've said to god i want to die i've said to god i want to go to heaven and i can't understand why he doesn't take me and i keep i keep praying to him, Lord, take me, I want to go to heaven. Mm. And he doesn't take me and I can't understand why it can be. And actually, that is just a spiritualized version of despair. Yes. It's to say, my life has no yes. value, my life has no point. And gently, when somebody says that to me, what I want to say is, well, the fact that God hasn't taken you means that either you've got something more to learn yes. or you've got something more to give. That's brilliant, and, yeah. Um, so instead of this sense that my life is pointless and purposeless i think the genuine christian view says you've always got something more to learn you've always got something more to give yeah so there's yeah exactly more to learn more to give and you know this this is one of the five uncomfortable truths that we talk about in a previous uh, podcast and video the fact that your life is not your own the universe does not revolve around you and the tragedy is that we are so self-centered and self-centeredness in a two-year-old looks really cute. It looks lovely in a two-year-old. But in a 52-year-old, self-centeredness does not look cute at all. And in a 69-year-old, it's downright <laughs> ugly. ugly. <laughs> That's right. Well, no, and a 56-year-old as well. Absolutely. But I think the other thing that we, we're missing, and I think the secular mindset has really robbed us of, is the fact that this life is not all there is. That we're putting all our investments, you know, this, you know, books like 100 Things You Must Do Before You Die. Mm. I've got to get all my living crammed in <laughs> before I pop my clogs, as it were, before, it, you know, the, I kick the bucket. I've got to get all this done. I've got to travel the world. I've got to make my millions. You know, as you're saying, I've got to mark my name that I'm a fantastic, great person who's done fantastic, great things. Whereas the gospel, the truth of who God is and what he's done for me says actually the best is yet to come. This life it's preparation for the real living. You know, we've just done three podcasts on friendship. And friendship is actually what makes sense of life. Friendship with our creator and friendship with one another. And this whole issue about living with regrets. I mean, I've got regrets. We've all got regrets. But I think of, the, of, of, of that psalm that says, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from, mm. from us. Mm. And the wonderful thing about that is, I mean, I mean, it was written thousands of years ago. And the East from the West, you can actually never, you know, wherever you go, you can always go further. So, because the world is a globe, there's no end to it. So he, what he's saying poetically is that there is a God who can completely wipe the slate clean. Mm. He can say it's as if it never happened. Yeah. 
Now, we're not saying that because he was a great writer or, and he was certainly a great poet who said that, but we've got that in terms of the perfect man who lived, the Jewish carpenter, who lived that amazing life, who even his enemies could find nothing wrong with him, that they had to unjustly send him to a cross and die a miserable death. And then three days later, rose from the dead. And this is not some religious make-believe. Mm. This is based in history. That's right. And, and so I've been very moved by the way Paul talks about this. And he talks about the body being sown like a seed. Yes. And then growing, being raised in a mm. different form. And, and I think the analogy of the seed mm. and the flower yes. is a very, very powerful analogy because you know, what we now know, what is, what is a seed? A seed is pure DNA. A, yes. a seed has all the information. All the potential. That is going to make the wonderful flower. Yes. But if you actually saw, you know, you look at a seed. <laughs> it's, it's I mean, I sometimes think you can imagine seeds talking among themselves about what it's going to be like when they're eventually <laughs> planted. And you can imagine, well, I, I imagine we're going to be very big and very brown <laughs> and very strong. <laughs> Uh, yes. But there's no way that a that a sunflower seed yes. can have any concept of what, of is... what a sunflower actually is. And yet, yes. locked into this tiny little bit of brown yes. is all the information that goes to make the sunflower. Yes. And then Paul says, now that's what your body is like. Yes. Locked into this bit of flesh yes. is all the information that's going to make the new wonderful being and we can't imagine what that would be we like, can't. but we know that it's the same person. Yes. And therefore, Paul says, you know, this is to comfort us. But he also interestingly says, therefore he says, therefore be steadfast, immovable, yeah. always abounding yes. in the work of the Lord, because you know that in the Lord, yes. your work is never uh, in, in, vain. in vain. It's never lost because of yes. this something that goes beyond Yes. It goes beyond the grave. Yes. And what, with a secular mindset, what hope do I have? Because I always have that nagging doubt that it's all in vain. Mm. What's the point? Yeah. Whatever I accumulate, I'm going to die. And even if I, you know, even, even if I leave, leave millions or I have leave a great foundation, somebody else is going to come and squander it yeah. or waste all that. But, you know, and just so, so just that reminder that you said in terms of our bad things can turn out for good, the evil can be redeemed. And the best is yet to come. Yes. Yeah, so, so well, the good can never be lost. I think that's number one. The good can never be lost. What the very best things, the very good things that have happened in your life mm. are utterly and totally secure. They can't be lost. Second, what the evil can be redeemed. Yes. Uh, whatever evil, whatever failure, whatever brokenness in my life, it's not just that the evil can be an old, it can be forgiven, mm, but yeah. even something more amazing, it, it can be good turned can come out into of it. good, even out of our... Yes, and we see that in the cross, don't we? We, we see do. that We see that in the cross. We see that what appeared to be a hopeless disaster yeah. is, in a sense, the basis of our hope and yeah. everything we have because we know that he was raised from the dead. And although we're getting old, okay, we can look with, future, we can look with confidence to the future that the best ultimately is to come. Yes. Like that. That's absolutely right. And, and, I, and I think... That's the best prescription for old age, isn't it? Think, that the yeah. good cannot be lost, the evil can be redeemed, and the best is yet yeah. to come. And that's, in a sense, what we want to share with you in terms of our confidence. We, we may be deluded, John. <laughs> we may be deluded, but I don't think so. I want to live the rest of my life that way, 
with that confidence and that hope that it's not based on me. And again, I'm aware that there may be people for whom these are new ideas, maybe, you, you know, and I don't want it to belittle the fact that, that people do go through very dark times and through real struggles. John, as we just finish, can I just ask, could you just pray for us and just pray for those who may be listening to grasp something of this hope and that it could be something real. It's not just two old men talking about something that's, that's uh, was it, pie in the sky till <laughs> when, when we die kind of stuff, but that actually this is what we're basing our confidence in. This is what we're investing our lives in. Can you please pray for us? Yeah, thanks. Heavenly Father, you know how weak and frail we are. You know as we come, as we age, we see ourselves losing things. We see fears about the future. We fear traumatized by evil, evil that others have done, evil that we ourselves have done. Mm. And we thank you for the amazing hope that the good news of Jesus can bring into our lives. And Anna, both Sunil and I want to say thank you mm. that you have brought this hope into our lives, the hope and the knowledge that the good cannot be lost, that the evil of our lives and of others can be redeemed mm. and that the best is yet to come. And so we pray for anybody who's watching the video, who's hearing this podcast and who this sounds just like pie in the sky and pray that they would have the courage to reach out, to ask questions, to find help, and that they would discover the truth that the best is yet to come. Amen. Amen. Thank you, John. You've been listening to the Dancing with Wisdom podcast, presented by Sunil Raheja. For details on the Dancing with Wisdom book and its accompanying workbook, please visit drsunil.com. If you know someone who would enjoy this podcast, then please share it, give a thumbs up on YouTube, and help it grow by leaving a nice review. Life's challenges can diminish, define, or develop you. Which will it be? Make sure you hunger for the wise one. The choice is yours. <laughs>